Hi there. Welcome to this week's episode of the Brave Files podcast. This is your host, Heather Vickery. This week, I talked to a 20-year Air Force veteran about the importance of surrounding yourself with a collaborative, like-minded community that supports you and how that's absolutely key for success. We talk about how failures can be a wonderful learning experience, and sometimes they even yield a far better result than your original plan. But most importantly, this week, we share why it's so valuable to own your own path, to be audacious, and to play big, but that it's so much easier to be brave and do these things when you have people you trust by your side. Unconventional, free spirit, driven. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. Hey, everybody. It's Heather Vickery. Welcome to The Brave Files. I'm so excited to have you here today. Today, we're joined by James Van Proyen. I had the privilege of meeting James. I got to tell you, that last name is hard to say. I had, had to get phonetic spelling. Sorry, James. But I, I had the privilege of meeting James at Podcast Movement just this past August. And I knew right away that I wanted to have him on the show. He's a veteran and he hosts all sorts of podcasts that really focus on the veteran experience. We're going to learn more about that, veterans in business. And he works for an organization called Bunker Labs in Bay in the Bay Area. He's also the leader of the Veteran in Residence Incubator Program, which is an element of Bunker Labs. I cannot wait to learn more about this. Now, I know that none of you know what these programs are, but we're going to find out. I wanted to first, though, share with you this staggering number. Did you know that in the United States, on average, 20 veterans die a day by suicide? These people are so brave, and they fight every day to keep us safe to keep our country safe, and often don't get the support they need once they get out of the service and come home. And the work that James is doing helps give people a, a, a meaning, a, a space to grow and to learn and to build business and to start to figure out how to live a whole new type of life. So I'm very honored to have you here, James. Thank you so much for being here. Heather, thank you so much for that. Um, I, I've kind of have a lot of thoughts as I hear you, you kind of talk about some of that. It's, um, you know, right away, uh, I go, this was my fifth podcast movement that I've gone to out of the six that they've had. And I enjoy meeting other people and, you know, r really quickly right away, you know, I really resonated with you and your background and what you're doing. And so honored that you would let me come on the podcast and, and just kind of share my story and my background. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about these things and, and get the message out and, and help. I think a lot of people, I, I can speak for maybe some of them and, and definitely in my own life, I really didn't know what I was getting into kind of 
Would you join the military or like, podcasting? <laughs> yeah, the, well, both, both. That's funny. And in the military, kind of okay. talking, going back to to service, and you know, um, you know, when I was eighteen and, and said, "Hey, I'm going to go in the Air Force," I'd be lying if I said, "Hey, I want to go to the front lines and and be a soldier." It was not my right. thought. I kind of yeah. was like, "Oh, you know, uh, Top Gun was a, a movie that I liked <laughs> uh, back then, and, and yeah. really, you know, interestingly enough, did influence me to to want to go in the military and." It wasn't the fighting scenes because there's really not a whole lot of fighting in there that that what drew me in. It was more the camaraderie and, you know, some of the other aspects of, of that military culture that I was like, oh, I could do that for four years. And, and that seems pretty cool. But quickly in basic training, they talked about um, one of the drill sergeants who I think had served through Vietnam said something really early on that, that kind of caught probably other people's attention, but definitely caught my attention. He's like, you every one of you in your career will see combat. And I'm like, think, I remember thinking combat I'm in the air force. Like, why would I, see I didn't combat? sign up for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, time out. So, you know, 20 years later and doing, you know, serving all over the world and, um, pre, you know, I went in in 1995. So kind of post or pre nine 11, things were a lot different. Well, that's what I was going to ask. How did they know you were going to be pre nine 11? Uh, we weren't at war. And so how did they know you were going to see combat? That's, you know, that's a very interesting question. And I wish in a way I could find out who that was that said it and, and maybe ask, um, you know, it was, I, I came in, I was in high school during, um, desert storm. So I remember in right. basketball practice, like them talking a lot about the invasion and, and us you know, getting involved in that conflict. So I was aware of those kind of things. We were still, when I was in, still doing very heavily involved in um kind of post desert storm of like because if everyone remembers back it was we were kind of trying to contain saddam hussein right. at that point like you can only do things to you know because there's a no fly zone you can only fly from here to here and so um even early in my time you know kind of fast forward after basic training the uh, first unit i went to was a kind of a tactical communication unit. I was in IT kind of early on of, of uh, internet things that were happening in 1995, but our-, our the, Very our early in, internet things Yeah, <laughs> and our, our, role, uh, our role as a unit was to, um, basically there's a thing in the Air Force called a AWACS, and I forget what it stands for, but basically they're like a plane that flies around and, and communicates between pilots and ground for ground uh, operators and kind of uh, surveillance of and communication of a of a overall um, uh, sight picture of of the battle space. Right. And so okay. our unit was kind of like an augment to that, where like we could do on the ground. Uh, we had all the capability with with operators inside of these vans and uh, all the communication equipment that supported that with the radar and stuff. Like we could go deploy anywhere in the world, and Korea was our kind of something they said, if anything happened to Korea, South, we would go to South Korea and set up our equipment. But right. early on in my, my time in 1996, I deployed to Kuwait for the first time in my, my career. Oh, wow. um, so at, at age 19, I was actually in Kuwait and my specific job, I actually was assigned with a couple other people to the Kuwaiti, like the, the airport and worked with Kuwaiti officers and was actually talking to them about real world experiences they had during the uh, Saddam Hussein invasion. So I think back to your question, like even though that really wasn't hand to hand combat at that point, that was still supporting right, real world conflict. operations yeah. in between Desert Storm and then what ended up being, you know, the invasion of Kuwait later. 
and maybe, yeah. you know, not being, not getting involved in the politics. Cause really, if you look at the military, like we don't get to choose which things we're supporting, you know, it's, of course. It's, our leaders yeah. are, are telling us where to go. So, you know, uh, so that was good for me personally to be able to early on get, get used to doing things like that. And so I spent how a lot long, of time in places like that. How long were you in the military? So I did about a month over 20 years. So I went in, in February of 1995 oh, and wow. I retired and did 20 years and got out in March, uh, effectively March of 2015. Did you know when you were a young man, essentially a child, really going into the Air Force that you were going to become a lifer? Not at all. What and that's what's crazy to, to become a lifer, though. Like, why did you stay? Um, I really, and it's interesting because it really does now play out in my life. Like, I didn't, I enjoyed early on the that unit I was in. We did everything together, so we played yep. sports together. We, you know, I don't know, like you know, partied I guess together, play everything. hard, yeah, play hard, work hard, and it was it was at that point in the first few years of my career we were doing. Like we, like later in my career, we would go individually and I would go meet with people that I'd never served or met with before and, and, and do a, a, you know, like say if I went to Iraq or Afghanistan, later I didn't do it together as much as a group, but that first unit that we were in, we would deploy all as a group. So, you know, say, say if we had 300 people in our group, a hundred and maybe almost 200 of the 300 and something would go all together at one time. Right. So okay. when we, you know, we kind of did everything together. And so those early days that that's, you know, I mean, like I, was, I enjoyed it. Like, uh, you know, my best friend to this day I met at that unit and, yeah, you know, it really set the stage for post 9-11 because I got used to getting a lot of the, you know, we did, um, we practiced getting ready for chemical attacks and, oh, you know, terrifying. we, we like everything you would need to do all these things we were trained from early on. So, uh, I guess I, you just start to, you know, all those things kind of build on each other. Like when, you know, in basic training, when they said those things, like I, it, everything changed. It's slow. It, I say slowly, but in a way, it, it, a lot of it changed. It's different conceptually when you're like, oh, yeah, I want to go raise my right hand and go serve and, and die for it, something. But when you start to be with with people like you, it's you want to be there for the guy next to you. So it's bigger than just conceptually starts to be real. When you're in Kuwait and seeing, you know, people talk about it's one thing to be in basketball practice and hear, oh, one country is invading another. But when yeah. you're with the people and they're describing physically on the ground what happened and you're seeing, you know, and not to be too graphic, but like physical right. uh, things, you know, like uh, blood stains on buildings and like, you know, the, here's where Saddam Hussein did this and here's what he, this is what happened that day when they came in. You know, when you see and you see the U.S.'s response, I mean, that's for me personally, that's what drove me to want to wanna do those kind of things more and more. It's like, you know, it wasn't conceptual anymore. It's like, OK, I have a job to do. Yeah. You know, my job is to do to go wherever I'm called to go. And I want to do that. And then and September 11th, it just became even more. Yeah. What I what I feel like I just heard you say was when you're on the ground and you can see the injustices happening throughout the world, it felt important to be part of correcting those injustices. Yeah. And it felt like, you know, overall you're just a part of something bigger than any yeah. one person. And, yeah. you know, well, so this is fascinating to me because you, you were in for 20 years, 
you retired. You're still a very young man, which uh, is something I've always found fascinating about the military. If you enter young, I mean, you it's it's kind of awesome, right? You've got retired benefits and all of that, and you get to sort of start over again. But that has to be a really difficult transition for a veteran to go into civilian life. It's so brave, I think, to go but you can tell me if it felt brave, but to go from a structured life with all of your good friends where you do everything together to building this life on your own, what did that process feel like for you? Well, that's a great question. And I'm really kind of reflecting back and uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to think of yourself as brave. Like I definitely started to be where, you know, you just know, like, you know, I mean, when you're young, you're, you feel like you're invincible. So I feel, still feel a little <laughs> bit that way at 43, but, um, you know, I, I was like one of those hard charters. I was like, okay, like, I don't care. I'm, I'm trained. Uh, this is what I'm doing. I've, I've raised my right hand. I want to do it. I'm all in. And so it didn't matter where I went, like, you know, and, and with the way the, the military is set up like it doesn't you just never know exactly what job you're going to do where so right um so some of the the last unit i was in was a joint communication unit so we served with it was a lot it was more air force and army than the other branches but all we had all different service represented okay so we you know would do different mission sets uh, supporting you know navy seals and army rangers and those kind of units as a unit you know, as right. a communication piece, but by and large, as a, as an IT guy, you're never usually going to be a person that's going to go, you know, kick doors down and go hand to hand combat. <laughs> right. But in the same sense, like, you know, it's, if you're supporting, depending where you're at military missions, it's, it is dangerous. And it's like one of those things to where, I don't know, I, I can't speak for other people. For me, I never really thought about it. I was like, okay, you know, it could, I could die. Like, you know, walking down the street somewhere in a car sure. or in a plane. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And no more noble thing than to die for a country is kind of the gist of, you know, I mean, and you're inspired. I was inspired by other people that I remember from history in the past. So, you know, it was like, you know, if I'm going to be in and, and give 20 years and, and truly embrace it, that's just kind of part of it. So I didn't really think of it as brave. Like I would, I appreciate that people are thankful for it. I would do it all over again and change my life for the better. So, you know, you, you risk and give up things and miss holidays and miss, you know, being, spending time with family and those kind of things. But, uh, I got, felt like I got so much out of it as well. And then another interesting thing about that you referenced with, with age, when I first went in in 18 and thought 38, I was like, Oh, that's so long from now. <laughs> 38 is old. Then when you get to be 38, you're like, wow, this isn't old at all. It's not old. <laughs> Welcome. I'm about to turn 44, 45. Oh, I wish 45. It's okay. I don't mind getting old, but, uh, I don't feel that old. That sounds a lot older than I feel. Absolutely. Well, and then, I mean, that's for me too. Right now I don't feel, I feel like I'm just getting started and I feel, and then I want to also go back to, as I've transitioned, it's exciting. It's, uh, I feel there is those opportunities, but what I've, and I, I you know, as I kind of reflect back on my own transition, I didn't think I would have a problem. I heard of you know other people kind of having problems, but like I've done so many things in my life. I uh, did electrical work growing up. Uh, my grandfather's electrician, so I started working with him when I was ten. You know, I've, I've work has never bothered me. I worked in like a cherry orchard in the summers where I was from. I mowed grass at my grandparents' hotel and loved that. 
like I just felt like, and I worked at a cabinet shop part-time while I was in, worked at McDonald's growing up. So I had all these things I could do. I did IT, but I didn't view it. Did it feel lonely? Um, Coming out of the military and going, I could do all these things, but did it feel lonely without? It, It didn't for me. It was, I think I was fortunate and it's crazy to look back. And I guess this is what I'm learning as I get older is like, and, and it happened even toward the end of my military career as I looked like I, I there was a unit, that unit I described in, in inside of Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of it ever since I heard there was a guy that I served with in Korea that had told me about it. And that's the first time I'd ever heard of that unit. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So I kept telling everyone that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't know I would actually get to finish up. And that was actually a big reason why I retired. If I had Say if I had three years left at that unit at 20 years, I would have done 23 because I'd love that unit. Oh, wow. And, and, I, I, and, and basically the way I looked at it while I was in, I'm like, I'm all in until I'm not. And then when I'm out, I'm out and I have bigger things I want to do when right. I get out and, and figure out what I do in a business that aligns with kind of this higher purpose. And because and that was kind of part of the transition is like a year before I got out. Now, looking back, the very first the, the thing I was looking for was the very first thing I found. And it was crazy to look back that it didn't. It wasn't like I had to go to three different meetups to find it. Like the very first one, wow. I met a guy named Chris Kermitsos who had a business organization. And I went to an e-marketing uh, group meetup that he had. And on a Monday night uh, a year before I retired, I went to that and heard about his business organization that was that met every first Wednesday of the month uh, for their main event two days later. So two days after I met him, um, and of course uh, – it was cool. He was like, Oh, we love military and veterans and let us know how we can ever support you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, went to his business organization and was like blown away by their cu- culture. You could just tell the, the energy. It was just good, good energy and good, um, community. Good so I was fortunate that while I was in, I was already becoming involved in a business organization. So I was replacing, uh, one community and starting to transition into other communities. Um, and then another, right. you know, I, uh, where I talk and you, you introduced me with the Ragnar, um, podcast. I actually started in 2010, got kind of roped into being, we, um, <laughs> our military unit put in a team for this relay race called Ragnar relay. So that's another very cool community. That's good, you know, because you want to stay fit and be competitive and, and become a, so I was starting to become a part of communities that I'd already been exposed to and then was right. starting to, to have. So I think, coming out of the military when you have kind of a very collaborative, um, yeah. like-minded community or a lot of times and very right. supportive, which is still there as veterans. But like, I just think I was fortunate yeah. to go out and it wasn't lonely because I, I just have now found the next thing that, that is a lot of those communities that, that supports me. I think that makes a lot of sense, um, that it would be really difficult. And I think that might be, part of the problem for folks who aren't as lucky as you who come from this tight knit group. Uh, if you don't find a new group to sort of replace that energy, it, it can be really lonely and overwhelming. And, and maybe that's part of where bunker labs comes into play with what they do. Can you give a, a, an explanation of sort of how they help veterans start and run successful businesses? Absolutely. And it's interesting as I kind of think back, cause I've, I was familiar with what bunker labs was, um, even a few years ago, but I'd never really taken the step of like actually reaching out and, and trying to do anything necessary with them. And, um, I, I came out to go to school in San Francisco last year to use my, uh, post 9 GI bill. 
And I think that is is significant of the timing of me becoming involved in Bunker Labs. You know, of course, they help in the military veteran business space, which is kind of the space that I wanted to totally niche down to is, uh, you know, I had the podcast network to kind of have uh, help in the whole entire military space, but my show and my podcast and the, the thing that I'm caring about is people that are in the military that are, that are doing business and people that are getting out that are doing business. So that kind of aligned very well with, um, what bunker labs helps people do. Bunker Labs has, and you mentioned that one of the programs they have is the Veteran Residence Program. They're partnered with WeWork on that program. So there's, I want to say probably, if I remember right, 17 different chapters right now that have the Veteran Residence Program. And so it, military spouses, veterans, military members, uh, I believe even children of military are eligible to apply. That's awesome. And we, and they take up to 10 of these businesses and there's a application process and kind of an interview process. But once they're selected, they get six months of, uh, office, you know, we work office space at these different locations. And then specifically for my chapter here in the, in the Bay area of California. So right in San Francisco. So, and we have, and each program is run a little different, but we have our own kind of curriculum and, and kind of timeline of, you know, taking people from kind of idea and, you know, how they get funding and partners if they need that, or, um, you know, if they're growing a team, how to get, get the right team and, and just kind of everything specific to business and, and growing and scaling a business. It's cool. So it's hard to start a business, of... <laughs> especially if it's your second job, like you've had a, like sure. a career, a life career, and now you're starting a new, a whole new career. For sure. And that's kind of why it resonates with me is, is like, it's my target market. If you, you know, if you kind of step back, if I'm doing a podcast about, you know, kind of the veterans in business show and, and I called it kind of a, a business show because I didn't really want to only interview veteran business or military businesses. I wanted to actually interview things like the founder of bunker labs and these other right. resources and, and entities and, and topics related to, I mean, cause not that there's anything different with, a, a you know, another business owner and a military or veteran business owner, but, I really wanted to kind of highlight and, and help in, in that space on kind of some of those areas that I felt are needed. And so Bunker Labs is really helps to be a part of this program because by now being involved in a six month group of people, like I'm watching and seeing not only my own things that I'm, I'm having to deal with uh, of growing a bit, starting and growing a business, but also what they are. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of perfect for me personally to be in, in the space. So it was like, and then it also, I think you talked a little bit about, is another kind of subset of, you know, kind of finding our, you know, and I think they would kind of describe themselves as, you know, kind of a tribe. And so you find sure. you know, outside of the military space now a bunch of military related people that, that kind of somewhat speak the same language and have had the same experiences that are all now in community together. So I think Bunker Labs, a good way to think about it is to find that community that helps foster, yeah. grow a business because they have... If you go on the Bunker Labs website, they have something called Launch Lab online. So you can go online and see, you know, kind of maybe even if you're, you know, if your idea is, is what you want to do and, and kind of helps you get uh, an idea of where you're at. And, and if, if this kind of if, if entrepreneurship's for you and then we kind of mentioned that they have the veteran residence program as one one thing, but they also have it's almost like kind of a, 
a community event of like the, the greater communities in the cities that, that Bunker Labs has chapters in. And okay. they do a thing called Bunker Brews. So they, you know, we can host it at different places, like say here in the Bay Area, we may do it. We've, we've, there's a program called Stanford Ignite. We've done a Bunker Brews in conjunction with um, Stanford Ignite. So it's a way to kind of cross, you know, get the veterans in those areas or military spouses in those areas involved with seeing what's out there in the community that is supporting entrepreneurship and Bunker Labs message at the same time. Is it a social event or what kind of event is it? Yeah, that's very, I would, I personally, especially after having been involved with the business organization that I was, I feel like it's similar to that as like a business networking event. Okay, so event. a business networking event, right. Okay, yeah. cool. Now, your business is mostly podcasting and you you do it in a lot of different ways. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown of, of all your podcasting credentials? Yeah, absolutely. And, thank, and it's funny that you asked that is as I, I got out and started being exposed to podcasting, you know, and then now kind of looking back, I, I was all in for that as a median, like I paid attention and I really had to wrap my head around, like I didn't have any media background. I don't have interview background. So it was definitely way outside of my comfort zone of, of like being, like, say if I saw somebody on TV, I would never go, oh, I want to be on TV someday and I want to, you know, have an interview show. But when I saw people talking about how, you know, when radio started and when po and when TV started, like podcasting was that next thing Absolutely. that is early on. And I think, and I slept through my myself, we're still early on, but it feels to me like it's like been a long, long time. Everything that we're, what we were talking about in 2014, a lot of it is happening right now and continues to happen. So the conversation it was always like can you make a business out of podcasting is podcasting itself a business in itself or is it marketing or and I think it's a little bit of all of that but like really I just became a proponent of of it of really getting your message out and putting it in conjunction to what your thing is so I think on the back end of it it's and you know as a podcaster it is a lot of work and then I actually yeah, was just is. in a meeting with someone and, and explaining like and I heard this talked about uh, in all, you know, kind of in all the background or like the, the meetings that I was in and the, or I'm sorry, the, the networking that I was in, the podcast conferences that I was in, people would say, if you're not willing to do a podcast for five years, don't even start because it's, you know, when right. the newness wears off or like, it doesn't matter if <laughs> you're passionate or not. It's like, it's not, it's easy. the long game for sure. Exactly. So, yeah. but I think, yeah. So what shows do you have? And then you help other people start podcasts, right? I do. So the podcast network itself helps people in the military space start podcasts and those podcasters may or may not be on the network, but that's uh, a service that's offered. And also the network itself, the military podcast network is a, is a business. And so I'm essentially growing out a media company using podcasting in the military space is the easiest that's way great. to describe it. So, you know, things that go with that are like sponsorship of the network, um, right, helping, yeah. you know, get people booked on podcasts. So there's, there's those business components and, and offerings that the network can have. And as it grows, the better, the, the bigger it is, the, the more reach it has, the, the more significant reach it can have. So that's kind of the long-term um, growth plan for the network. So the veterans and business show and that, you know, kind of in my niche is a business in itself of offering resources and services and, you know, uh, affiliates and, and those kind of things and the back end of working with, clients out of, you know, seeing what's happening with the bunker, you know, as we have this cohort 
and I can uh-huh. see these issues and problems, like that's where I can kind of operate in the community that I have from the veterans of business. So the podcast is kind of an extension of that. And, um, so there's kind of a, a different, a few different components to related to that. I do some consulting on podcasting. So again, it all to me goes back to podcasting where, you know, I'm involved with helping, uh, podcast You're in deep with podcasting. Yep. I'm all in. So it's all, <laughs> so that, you know, and I think it goes back to some of those words I said at the beginning, I'm just that guy that can be like, not listen to other people. And so where some people tell you, here's where you should fit in, or you should do this, you have to do that. I, I guess I'm that guy that's like, well, it doesn't have to be that done that way. So, I mean, I, I'm still feel like I'm figuring it out as I go. I appreciate but that. It's becoming more clear. I appreciate that you're like, it doesn't have to be done that way just because a lot of people do it one way. And we, you're talking about podcasting, but we could be talking about anything. Uh, you don't have to do it the way somebody else has done it. You can try something new and it may or may not work, but you're not stuck. Absolutely. Well, and then I, and I said, I say this uh, in a lot of conversation, like now that I've gone down this path for the, you know, what I would say is been five years. I don't, whatever, all the things I've learned, like my, all the opportunities that have opened up would have never been opened up if I didn't kind of go towards this podcasting space. And You know, I, I feel like I've gotten better at being an interviewer and, 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 you know, this is, I haven't been on probably enough podcasts, even though I know it's a good strategy. So, you know, it helps me, you know, kind of think through some of these things when I'm on other people's shows on how they frame questions. And so I think there's just so many cool things, but like, if, if I didn't have that mindset and I did listen to other people, I just don't think I would be, I well, I know I wouldn't be where I'm at now. So, you know, I think, and this is another thing we talked about entrepreneurship and business being hard. And this is what I think what I've learned recently that I really appreciate at first. It's, I don't think it, you can't look at it as the, you know, like there's a destination. And once I get there, then it's all good. Like, you know, if your business isn't for everyone. And I think hopefully that's why I believe business or a military is, is equipped very well for it is, you know, 20 years of being all over the world and adjusting to so many factors and things you know, and problem solving, like at every single moment of almost and like contingency plans and another plan and planning, you know, like the plan goes to crap and like, you know, and you have to adjust. I mean, I think as I've learned now more and more, the business, the journey is the, is what it's about. So, you know, you're going to have the highs and lows, the ups, the downs, but that's all part of it. And if you yeah. are prepared each day to have like something totally be devastating and then adjust and get, get back up and keep going then business isn't for you. And you're so right about that. I saw somebody with a t-shirt on yesterday and it was a Nelson Mandela quote of all things, but it said, I never, I never fail. I either win or I learn. Love it. Well, that feels yep. so important. Like as an entrepreneur and podcasting as part of that, it, you, you have to be able to completely screw it up or make decisions that don't turn out well you have to risk something if you want to have any success at all yeah i love that and i actually heard also when i was getting ready to say and i think it's still relevant is uh very i heard and it was actually at the bunker labs uh in june we had our our summit uh it's like a leadership summit that, that happens every year there was a, a business owner that is not in the military space but she was speaking and she spoke for like an hour and did some q and a's but I thought one thing she said, I think that's very relevant to what we're talking about. She said, really, if you knew what it was going to take to do business, you no one would ever do it. 
So it's almost better <laughs> we don't know how hard it is and, and how many obstacles we're going to have. Because it, if you did know really what it took, you most people would never do it. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I would love to know, we talked about, um, and you said you hadn't really thought of it as brave of getting out of the we obviously know being in the military is is brave kind of your textbook definition of it but getting out and starting this business and so when did you feel if you look back on your life so far and you're still young but when have you felt your most brave wow that's such a great question um and i guess if i go back and just think about military things like i think uh, a couple of things come to mind quickly. Like, I think it's possibly, I don't know if I would use it. Brave just seems so much like I don't feel worthy of that title. And it's like, you know, um, but we'll I would say go. when, <laughs> when you, you know, when I get out and go unconventionally, like truly say I'm going towards something, I have no idea what it is, but I see a big vision and I want to go towards a vision that's unclear that ends up, you know, kind of being podcast related with a military podcast network and growing out and being uh -huh. audacious enough to think you can make a difference on a mass scale using podcasting as a, as a voice for all these issues that impact the military space. So yeah. I think when you go down and I, and I've kind of talked to recently to a lot of people like when, you know, if I really just sit down and think about that as a, you know, the day I decided to do that is brave and it comes with a lot of responsibility. So there's a lot to that. Like that might've been, you know, not the, I say the worst day, but as, you know, I mean, like to really think of the brevity of that and the, you know, like how much responsibility comes with that and, and like, it could take a long, long time, but it's worth it. Like that to me yeah. coming out and doing and getting in something like that, I think takes some, you know, maybe some people would describe it other ways, but I would say bravery. Um, but also, uh, you know, just raising your hand, even while you're in and like, I'll go wherever and I don't know what it is, but I'll just do it. I'm sure there's a lot of bravery to that. And, and just yeah. not knowing what yeah. to expect. And, you know, it's a story that would take too long, but like, I felt maybe it's not brave, but like that I was unprepared for going into Afghanistan with the group of people I was going into because of some, um, some internal uh, administrative things that were happening with the people that were our, our people in charge. So I felt very ill prepared to go to Afghanistan and support the people that we were supporting in the mission that we had. So I had to do it anyway. So I feel there, there's maybe some bravery to that. It's, it's sure. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of time to think about it. I mean, I was obviously in real time, not real happy. And, you know, like right. I didn't know what to expect, but again, I think all those things build on each other. Like you just go yeah. with your training. I had years of training that kind of started at 19 and then that was like, I was a lot farther. I was, you know, probably 16 years in at that point when I went to Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then actually it was, a, it was a interesting time to be in Afghanistan because I was there during our time period was when Ben Laden had been, uh, you know, captured and killed. So that was a really kind of a, a full circle moment to, to kind of know that was happening when it was happening. Yeah. Wow. Um, I was fortunate in a way to be able to serve in Afghanistan um, with some of the people that were carrying out that mission. So, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. So many elements of your life, so many successes. Uh, I love I love your outlook on everything. How do you celebrate uh, big and little successes, things that go well, um, a great interview or a, a client who does something, like whatever it is, how do you celebrate? 
Well, um, I've, I've found out about myself that I'm like, I can't, I've been wired positive for some reason. All Which is my awesome. Life. And I don't know where <laughs> that comes from, but I'm glad I have it. But I can't handle like negative. And if, if I believe something can't work, it frustrates me. And I want to like, you know, not really do it, but like in my mind, I'm like, I just want to smash my head against the wall. Like I just got to be away. So I'm one of those people that just figures, okay, what's, what's another way we can do it? Like, I don't, I can't I come that. into something thinking, Oh, here's all the ways it probably won't work. Like then why are we doing it? I'm either all in and the older, you know, the more I was in the military, I was like, okay, you know, now that I know I'm not getting out, let's, let's do this. Yeah. You know? And then when I got out, it's like, okay, now what's next? Okay. Let me figure out this business thing. You know, I think that's what drives me is like, I'm that person's like, I don't know how to do it, but I'll figure it out. And, but what, what I haven't been able to do probably very well. And it kind of goes back to the military. is like, we didn't sit around and be like, Oh, look at all the great things we did. You know, let's, no, the let's celebration you know, isn't about that. You know, it's like we did this good thing and we want to honor that we did this great thing. Yeah, we probably did. And I probably didn't concentrate on it very much. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> we're, we're just have a, a, a way to, we're going to eat some food and talk about it. But we didn't, I mean, in a way I didn't, do well at dwelling on it. Whereas it was always to the next thing. Okay. You know, yeah. yes. How can we learn from it? How can we do it better? But what's the next thing? So I think as I've gotten older, I'm trying and I don't know how well I'm doing it, but to slow down and enjoy the moment. Cause when you're younger, you feel like there'll be another moment. Why wouldn't there be, you know, it's, and I really enjoyed my career for that. I got to do a lot of things that, you know, was not traditional military, not traditional air yeah. force. So I loved it. And I was like, all during those years, I was like, I'm going to do it now while I can, because when it's over, it's over. And then when it was over, okay, now let me find the next thing and kind of dive into that and go all in. But I think, you know, that's what I'm learning with the business and with entrepreneurship. Like there's been some phenomenal things that happen. And then it feels like the next day there could be a bunch of negative, bad stuff that are happening. And, and, uh, I mean, my mind is always like, you know, more and more, the, the more days you have that are good, you're like, it can be, you know, it's okay. Like you literally just go sleep on it or take a break and it could be like 40 things tomorrow that are, that are better, or this may be just a, a way that's going to be actually better in the Absolutely. future. If you do look yeah. back, the thing you thought that shouldn't work out that didn't is actually good that it didn't work out in a way. Absolutely. So, I agree with you. Things work out the way they're supposed to. I think for me, it's just doing better at actually celebrating those wins. So I don't know if I do it well, but I'm learning to try to do it better. All right. Well, keep practicing. You can let us know. So I know that Bunker Labs is a charitable organization and they're going to be our charity of the week, but very quickly, because we're, we're coming really close to needing to close the show out. Um, what is one of your other favorite charitable organizations to support? Yeah. Um, I, I think I will say Red Cross um, is, is a very good charity or cause. And um, when I was growing up, actually right before I, gra- I graduated from high school and two days later, our house burned down. Um, oh kind of long story that I won't go into, but the, the support, I'll never forget the support that Red Cross gave us right after that, you know, and I just kind of re- in real time saw how, how much, it, how good it can be in that kind of time of need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of think it's very much in alignment with everything we just, yeah. we just talked about, you know, with, with, you know, military and veterans and what we get as support and knowing how, sure. hard, how critical those things are. I think Red Cross just touches so many different things that that's that's the one I would say thank you for that will you give us your three words one more time um free spirit driven and unconventional 
All right. Well, they are excellent words. And I think you are all of those things. I, I love it. They're great word choice. Um, James, I have, I've really enjoyed getting a chance to get to know you a little bit better. I love your positive energy and attitude. You just, it just doesn't look like there's ever anything that you're not afraid to tackle. And I admire that. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate yeah. that. It's been an honor to, to be on your podcast. Thank you to your audience. Um, you know, and, and please, if anybody ever, if I can do anything for anyone, um, I'm oh, very accessible. Um, I'm on all platforms. So you can definitely. Yeah, no, James is easy to find. We'll have all your contact information up on our show notes. And folks, if you if you know anybody who can can benefit, who's a veteran and wanting to to learn about running a business or podcasting or any of that, absolutely connect them with James. I It's such a, a great thing to do to be supporting the brave people who keep our nation safe. So supporting them in, in trying new things and building new businesses. I love it. Thank you so much, Heather. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. Friends, I thank you for being here also. So I want to know what you think of this show. Please give us a call at 312-646-0205 and share your thoughts with us or tell us how you're choosing bravely today or what you're grateful for, anything at all that you want to share. You know, give us a call. Let's make sure that that call-in number is working and that you are out there feeling the love from us. I have some pretty big plans for the Brave Files, including some live shows, video interviews, and starting a Brave scholarship. I know you want to know more about that, but in order to grow the show, I do really need everyone's support. So listeners like you, if you could visit patreon.com slash brave files and learn more about the different ways you can support the show for as little as $4 a month, you can make a big difference and get some pretty cool patron rewards in the process. Again, that's patreon.com slash brave files, visit it and join our brave community. Thank you so much for being here. This is Heather Vickery reminding you today and always to go out and choose bravely. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks. Check it out for yourself and get your 30-day free trial, including one free audiobook. Simply visit audibletrial.com slash thebravefiles and voila, free audiobooks. What could be better than that? You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes, or get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we'd love to know what you think. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success Coaching, coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music is produced by Matt Lewis. Follow him on Instagram at mattmmusic or visit his website, theunionband.com. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to our associate producer, Kim Statler. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.